0: We've been in a message series the last two weeks. We'll be wrapping it up today. It's called Seek First. I love this time of year because it's a reminder, right? Like, what do I want to do with my one and only life? Like, what am I going to do with my one and only life? And it starts today. Like, it starts this year. And it's even more special this year because. Like every single one of us is like we keep hoping in what? In a numerical change on the calendar. And it's like I'm so ready that that one digit will make a huge difference. Rather than put my hope in a calendar, I thought, God, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to fast and pray and just seek You. And I'm just going to spend time in the Word and say, please, confirm Your will. Walk me through Your Word. Like speak to Me in, in what, when I pray. Seek first His Kingdom. Matthew six thirty three thirty four 34 is our key Scripture for the last three weeks. Let me read it again. But seek first His Kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day Has enough trouble of its own. What's cool about that is he's not saying there's not worries for today. Because every single one of us has stuff that our mind just gets stuck on, whether it's our family, our kids, like our neighbors, our community. And especially if you tuned into the the news this last week and social media, like we, it, it is heart-rending, it is just tore me up by the time I, I turned it on and watched it. I'm so thankful I was not immersed in it. I'm so thankful that I am from it. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This week, after a week of fasting and praying, I actually read the book of Galatians more times than I can count. I listened to it um, via audio, via the Bible app, right? it's kind of cool to be able to listen to it also. I read it again and underscored passages and phrases that jumped out at me. Likely when, when we get back from, um, from next week, I'll start a series in Galatians. But the one Scripture that hit me yesterday, and I'll tell you more about why, Turn with me to Psalm 46. We'll be in 1-3. through This one hit me clear as day yesterday. And I almost didn't write down any sermon notes today. Like I almost came here totally unprepared in a sense just to share with you guys in a raw way like when you fast and pray, like what is God saying to you? And this Scripture was the one that jumped out. Let me read through it. Psalm 46, 1 3 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be moved, removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake, and with its swelling, Selah. God's present among his people. If there was anything this week that I felt like he was saying every moment of the day, whether I was walking at Boy Scout Beach on the Boy Scout Trail, or I was on my face on my living room floor, or I was here in the church, or at one of our coffee shops, like he was saying, I am with you. Like I am right there with you. I am present. God has not abandoned us. If you are alone and you feel like you're going through it, I talked to several this week. He is with you. He is not abandoning you. He is walking right with you. For those of you that feel like, I, Larry, I don't hear from God. Like I, I don't know what that feels like. like. He's just saying take one step towards me. Maybe there's a time in your life where you felt like you were closer to God than you are now. Like maybe there's a time in your life where you felt like I I heard I heard from him back then, but Larry, I don't as much today. Let me just say, just take a step towards him in faith. Say and say, I I don't know where I've been. I haven't done it on purpose, right? A lot of times we don't even know. And just say, I want to hear from you. Please let please let the distractions settle down. Let me hear from you. I encourage you guys. What last week? The one takeaway from last week. Let's spend the next seven days focusing on Christ and letting it be Christ alone. And so I did a juice fast for me for those first few days and went through Thursday morning, I believe, and then I decided to do a water fast. I think Wednesday evening and Thursday. I tell you what, the juice and water fast, that's pretty doable. Let me just share and encourage you more. That's actually pretty doable because you get to live on sugar a little bit and some nutrients. The water though, that was painful and it reminded me of my humanity and how how frail and weak I was and even, like, even trying to help my own family problem solving in certain areas, like where are the keys for the car? Like that became a struggle. <laughs> and it's really cool. I said it last week. When we find ourselves at the end of ourselves, that's finally where God can say, alright, are you done? Like, are you done trying to do this in your own power? Because guess what? It was never you anyway. God is our refuge and our strength, a very real present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling selah, God is our refuge. He is our strength, a very present help in trouble. Like this psalm was written by David. He actually wrote this psalm in the middle of a crisis. He, and I, I thought it was timely. Like, like oh my gosh, if you watch the news, even some of the people that reached out this week, I'm trying to figure out how to share one of those with you in a way that, that wouldn't scare you, that you'd understand. So I still haven't figured that out, so I might just have to share it and let you guys receive it the way it happened. But David begins this psalm with God's provision. He looked to God for help in difficult times and he found it. He could say these things by experience. Like who has experienced the rescuing hand of God Himself? Like who has experienced that in their own life? And man, I hope that it hasn't happened the way it's happened for me literally watching my own child face cancer and leukemia. Like watching my family who turned their backs on God essentially and gave themselves over to something that was not Him as a student growing up. But if that's happened for you, watching our nation, and I'm not saying any one party or any one leader or any one particular, like watching people say, this is more important than you, God like i don't know about you but when those crises make themselves like very apparent and real you know that you need something bigger than yourself it's like standing on the edge of the ocean i am really small if a storm came up right now like i'd be praying to god just saying you're the one that's going to rescue us please keep this ship afloat Like when we find ourselves in those level of crises, that's when, if we allow it, God makes Himself real. That's what David's doing. God Himself was a place of refuge for David. As the cities of refuge protected the Israelites back then, God Himself was a strength for His people. He was strong for them and in them because of his spirit. God alone was his refuge and strength, talking about David, and God alone was their help. Not from a distance. This is the point of today's message. Not from a he's not sitting in heaven, completely separate from us, wondering what's going on with us. Like he is literally right in our midst, in our presence. G. Campbell Morgan says this, the secret of the confidence is the consciousness of the nearness of God. The secret of this confidence is the consciousness of the nearness of God. Proverbs 30, 26 says it, all creatures when in distress run to their refuge. It's trying to say, even when wild animals feel threatened, right? even when we're out in nature, we can see when animals run into their refuge. And God is saying, I am your refuge. I always have been. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, I am your refuge. Here's the promise in it. If God is a real refuge, a strength and help to His people, there is no logical reason to fear. There is no reason to fear. There is no reason to fear the direction of our country, There's no reason to fear the direction of where we're going as a state. There's no reason to fear our economy. right? There's no reason to fear what's going on in my own marriage. And something for those of us that are empty nesters, there's no reason to fear the direction of our kids. God will get our attention in His time. He will fulfill His promises in His time. He is our refuge, though the earth be removed, though the mountains fall into the sea. David's trying to describe. I don't know about you guys, but I subscribe to the what is it? The geological, the um, earthquake guys. I, I I don't know. I'm kind of a nerd. Like I love when those email alerts come in or text alerts, and I love to go on tsunami.gov, even though it's super scary because I've never lived through it. But part of me, like, I am so interested in God. How do you use these natural disasters? Like, how do you use these things for our good as people who live here? And David is saying, though the earth removed, he's trying to describe the most scary, the most incredible natural occurrence that he can describe, where we are literally at our wits' end as humanity. And we can't even imagine. He's trying to say, even in that crisis, God is in control. He is with us. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling, Selah. Who of here has seen the television series The Chosen? It is phenomenal. It is like sweeping the globe, especially here in the United States. And a part of this week, and this is the part where I'm just going to tell you what happened, because it's a little bit unbelievable, and so give me a little bit of grace as I share it. So I'm watching episode one of The Chosen, and I think it's day one and a half of the fast. And I, I spent most of the morning in Galatians, and I'm journaling, I'm drawing, like I do a lot of that, right? And I thought, man, how cool would it be right now to watch the life of Christ and the disciples? And I'm hearing great things about this show. And it also doesn't hurt, I'm friends with Dallas Jenkins from Chicago. So we did a lot of national conferences together. He's been texting me back and forth about some of the things that they're doing from a marketing standpoint. But I didn't tell him I was going to watch it. So I'm watching episode one again. And I'll be honest, the first time I watched it, Episode 1 just kind of went through it. and I had good things to say and I had some critiques to say because on Monday I watched it and there was something different. And you know, when you're fasting and praying, like I tried to describe it to one of our leaders in town, it's almost like you're intoxicated, but with an extreme clarity. Like tunnel vision, laser sight clarity. And watching Episode 1, watching Christ... Interact with Lilith, who is Mary of Magdalene. Interact with several people, several characters. And that I thought, oh my gosh, Christ is actually freeing these people with where they are. He's freeing each of them from their darkness. He's freeing each of them from their entanglement. He's freeing each of them from their bondage. And so if you know the story, if you've watched it, Lilith, they portray her as the woman who is actually possessed. She was possessed with multiple demons as the story goes. This is a true story. And Christ embraces her. And He says, you are redeemed. And He said, in My name you are free. And He frees her from this demonic possession. And I am just blown away Hadn't eaten already in 24 hours. And I'm just stuck in this going, holy cow, this is incredible. Like the God of the universe became man for us, walked with us. He started performing these miracles that are just mind-blowing. They're unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. And I shared that with Myra and I tried to get the rest of the family. to so. I don't know if you guys are like me. I tried to get the rest of the family to watch it with me that evening. They kinda of did the did the old dad look with their eyes. Like, no, that fasting and praying for you. Like you, you have fun with that, Dad. We're we're going to do our own thing. So they went and streamed Netflix and watched the the Hallmark channel on uh, Amazon, and so I was on my own. By the way, I was on my own. Literally, Tuesday, Blake is cooking my steak that I bought for the end of the fast. He said, are you doing anything with this steak? And I thought, oh, (laughs) Tuesday, I'm hungry, and I'm like, no. (laughs) I'm like, you can have it, you know? And in my mind, my whole body's like, that punk kid is... taking my steak like it's that's for friday and thank goodness it makes you sick actually if, if you don't know about fasting and i knew that but i didn't care so he's literally he's, he's laughing the whole time he's cooked frying the steak and i'm trying to tell him how to do it right that way it doesn't ruin a good piece of meat right and um and then he comes and sits down beside me this is tuesday 40 what is it 48 hours in and he's eating the steak right beside me And I'm like, oh, dear God, this is horrible. (laughs) This is terrible. And he's laughing. He's 22. He thinks this is the funniest thing ever. It actually helped me get through the rest of the week. I thought, if I could get through this, I can get through the rest of the week. Tuesday. This is the weird part. So give me grace in this. I don't normally don't share these stories. I'm texting a few of you and, and people in the community and said, hey, how can I pray for you? I'm praying. I'm praying all day long. I'm starting to run out of things to pray. You know, it's that moment. You're, you're 48 hours in and you're like, God, I don't know what else to pray about. I'm on my face on the, on the ottoman in the living room just praying. And I get a text back and they said, it's incredible that you, that you reached out right then. And they said, have you ever done anything like an exorcism? And I was like, holy cow. Twice before I've had to go and pray over someone's home. And for them personally, because they felt like they had some sort of presence. Let me just present to you, if we are spiritual beings and flesh, and there is a spiritual world happening around us, and there are good and there are evil spiritual presences, and if we are really in a spiritual battle, right? As Scripture says, the battle isn't flesh and blood, it's against Principalities and rulers of this earth. That's the reason why he doesn't want us to take up arms and fight, he says, no, the battle's mine, and I promise you, it's going to be awesome. He says, in the meantime, pray, get on your knees, and seek me. So back to the story. So I answered and I said yes. I said if, I actually said it this way. I said if you're if you're being serious, the answer is yes. So I thought they were messing with me, and they weren't. So we scheduled an appointment to meet with the person on Wednesday and review some of the uh, video footage that they had. This is evidence-based event. So we watched the footage. I talked with the person and I prayed with them. And I said, tell me how long this has been going on. Tell me how long you've been walking through this. Are you a believer or not? What do you believe about this? And so we get through all of that. The evidence is really interesting. And I said, absolutely. You know, Let me round up a few guys. And if you don't know anything about spiritual warfare as ministers and leaders, what we, what we have to do is we have to fast and pray. Funny enough, before we do things like this, the reason why is it gets your senses to a point where you're completely relying on God and not on yourself. That you're completely focused on what God and the power of Christ is doing and has nothing to do with you. And it protects you. It's spiritual protection. It's literally spiritual warfare. Funny enough, Dallas Jenkins was texting me, and I forget what we were going on about. Oh, Dallas, Texas, Midlothian area. He was asking if there's any churches down there that we'd recommend. And and I said, dude, you would not believe what's happening right now. I said, it is is no coincidence. And I I try not to over-spiritualize things, right? Because it just... I'm not one of those guys that wants to spiritualize everything just because. But what are the chances that the week of fasting and prayer led to a circumstance like that that happens like once every 10 years? So yesterday, we went to the person's home. And thankfully, I had another minister in town join me who has actually grew up in this, in the Hindu religion that has actually battled in spiritual warfare their entire life, another provision of God. And it was, it was so amazing. We walked in and immediately the people involved said immediately like we feel pe- like a peaceful presence. We prayed over every, every room in the home, closets, anything that had a door, we prayed over it. We use the oil, as Scripture says, if you need prayer in your life, if you need to see a spiritual breakthrough, go to the elders of the church. Our elders are here for spiritual leadership and guidance. That's what elders are here for. Spiritual leadership and guidance. And it says, go to your elders, anointed with oil, and pray in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus Christ. The symbol of what we did this morning in communion. It is extremely powerful when we take these things for granted. We minimize them so much. And we literally placed oil over their door frames, each one, just as they did back in the day. And we prayed in Jesus' name, let Your presence dwell here. Let Your Spirit dwell here. Anything that is not of You, Father, remove it from this presence Remove it from this house. Remove it from this person. And then we prayed again. We prayed some more. And then the person said, "This. I believe there's a God. I understand that Jesus is. This is her words. That Jesus is supposed to be God and human who walked this earth. But I don't understand what it means that He died for my sin." She said, "I don't really understand how that's supposed to connect to me." And of course you know me, like a smile came on my face, like, whew, man, this is the most amazing part, because we don't deserve it, and there's nothing we could do to earn it, literally nothing, nothing we do in this church, in the church, is to try to earn God's love. It's, we're not here to try to earn God's forgiveness. There's no ritual we can do to manufacture His presence. It is literally literally because He died on the cross for us, is the only reason, and He rose again, the only reason that we are a church, that we have a hope in the future, and that we can walk in confidence through a crisis, whether it's a spiritual battle in their own living room, or whether it's a spiritual battle at the Capitol. It is so cool that we get to say that we are warriors, that we are men and women in Christ, and that He is our refuge. He literally is our hedge of protection. He literally is the one that's shielding the fiery darts, the arrows from the evil one. They are real and raw because I got to see again this week this is a spiritual world. I'm not here to save your, your bodies. I'm not here to help you stay younger and not grow old. Like my job isn't here to, to make sure your lives are as comfortable as possible and to feed as much scripture and knowledge as I can, right? My job is here to say one day we will all be in heaven together and it will be amazing. And between now and then, let's grab a hold as many people as possible together. That's our mission. That's the battlefield we're on. Let us not be distracted by the entanglement of sinning against one another. Let us not be distracted by the sin and entanglement that we see in our leaders. Let us not be entangled by the sin that we see really everywhere. Rather, let us focus on what is true, what is right, what is lovely. Let's get on our knees and pray for those people that we know are being attacked and in the battle. And we know one day, even even if they don't find healing on this earth, they will assuredly be completely healed with you and me in heaven. I am excited about that. I am so thankful. Psalm 46, 1-3. Let me read it again. God is our refuge and our strength. Jesus and only Jesus is our refuge and our strength. A very present, very present here and now help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, even though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, through the, though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah, He is our very present help and His presence is always with us. Deuteronomy 31 through 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you or forsake you. Never. What we can cling on to is this last part God is with us. Do not fear. He wins in the end. And He has each of you, every single one of you. Continue to seek Him this week. Let's continue to seek Him the rest of this month. Father, I am so thankful for You. I am so thankful for Your promises. I am so thankful that You love us. Father, I am so thankful that we get to glean from David's very own crisis and apply it to what's happening today. Father, thank You for opening our eyes to let us see the spiritual battle that we're in. I don't speak of it often, and it's not because it's not true. But Father, I pray that You give us ears to hear and You give us eyes to see that You are at work and this is Your battle and You are fighting it. We love You. We trust You. We thank You for being our hope and our refuge.